Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Here is Authentic Voice, Ulrich Bonefeld speaking. And uh, I am so uh, looking forward for this. I'm nervous, to, to be honest, because uh, when I met Adikanda first time uh, and uh, got a text, because we will come to this later. She is an intuitive artist with an what a skill, what a talent. Uh, she gave me a little text. Adi, we will speak about this later. Just to introduce you, Adi Kandi is a Toronto-based intuitive artist, author of uh, Dear Adi blog and founder of World Without Fear, practitioner of cellular healing and mother of three. Congratulations to this. <laughs> Thank you. Adi Kandi holds more than 20 years experience in deep energy work, releasing calm patterns at a cellular level. I hope we speak about this. Her works transmit a vibration of unconditional love to participants, releasing fear-based block energy and inviting powerful shifts of awareness. And I'll come and I will start with this. Arising from a spontaneous intuitive awakening in January 2000, her writings from an alpha sleep state emerge into conscious transmission in the forms of poetry, spoken readings, meditations, and song, numbering in the, numbering in the thousands for clients worldwide. And dear Adi, I was one of these clients and still your little text is on my desk and I read it not every day but it, it there are times I'm coming back because it's working on such a deep level so please tell us what happened in this year 2000 mm. <laughs> well it changed my life <laughs> that was a turning point uh, I think I mark my life from the days before and the days after. Um, I think like many of us, I was on a, uh, a path of, of uh, spiritual expansion and understanding. I was curious and uh, seeking knowledge of consciousness. Um, I had been uh, engaged in some work that some teachings that came up out of the States uh, known as Master Alignment, which was a... Um, a, a modality that did not travel very far. And I'm a little surprised at that because it was very potent. But I was one of the few that was blessed to be a part of it. There was a small group of us from Canada. We traveled down to the States and we, um, we had readings. We worked with um, uh, the practitioners. And um, I received a reading in that modality, which uh, was life-changing for me. And it was a a past life reading that uh, enabled me to understand the fear-based patterns that were playing out in my life every day. And so um, my life began to change quite dramatically after that reading. And in January of 2000, I was keeping a, a dream journal. I was studying Jung and you know how they say you need to write your dreams down right away or you forget them. And I was, um, I was keeping my, my journal right by my pillow because I found if I even got up to go to the bathroom, I come back and I go, oh, what was that part? So I kept it right there so I could write down every little, every little thought. And I woke up one morning and I, there was pages of my writing 
in the dream journal that I had no memory of writing. So I must have been in, in, in quite a, um, a deep state, not fully asleep, but not fully awake. And there's the, the writings were beautiful, a bit difficult to read my handwriting as I'd scribbled over top of the words in the dark. But I was amazed by this, absolutely amazed, called up my best friend Ildiko, who was a fellow traveler in the work, and, and um, I, I, I tried to read some of it to her, and she got so excited, and she said, this is coming through you, this isn't you, this is coming through you, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want that, oh, my goodness, and it was so funny, I was very resistant at first, I was, it actually felt almost intrusive, you know, because I've been a writer my whole life. And it felt like someone else came in the room and wrote in my journal when I wasn't looking because it was definitely not my, my writer's voice. I know you're a writer too, you understand this, but we have our own writer's voice. This was not my writer's voice. So I was fascinated by this. Ildiko convinced me uh, to try and see if I could ask a question and this would determine if this was a communication. So she asked me a question about something, even though we were very close friends that she had never shared with me. And uh, so she, it was a general question. So I asked and indeed the next day there were pages of a response written there and I called her and I didn't understand it because in the early days, the transmissions were quite cryptic. And I, 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 I read to her what I could make out of the words on the page and she I still remember this moment so vividly. She burst into tears on the phone. And I said, what, what? And she said, she said, you didn't, you couldn't have known this because I've never told you about this. So this means that I am seen. This means that there is a, there, that there is a divine presence who witnesses me and who understands what is taking place in my life and, and, and loves me enough to give me guidance um, in, a, in a compassionate voice, because this is, I think, one of the central qualities of the transmissions is they're, they're deeply loving and compassionate. And so that was the beginning of quite a journey. It, um, Ildi couldn't keep a secret, so she told everyone <laughs> the next day, everyone I knew wanted me to experiment on one of these transmissions for her. And it, it did take me some years to adjust to the process, but I did surrender. I realized this was a gift I had been given. And over the years, those transmissions, I, I did receive many, many in written form, but they did evolve to a point where I could simply receive in spoken word and record what I was receiving and share in that way, which is of course um, much more efficient. <laughs> but I still have boxes of those early journals all, all written out by hand. And I still do love to receive that way uh, when I can. So, um, and, and I'd lost my dear Ildiko, she passed away some years later, but for many years she was, um, she was Jerry to my Esther. Every time I hesitated, she pushed me. Every time I didn't know, she asked me a question and said, oh, ask about this, try this. And I'd, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have be having this discussion. I know I wouldn't be having this discussion with you today had it not been for her. So wonderful. It, it, it... Um, meant a lot to me. It was wonderful to have this text and going, uh, as you said, yeah, uh, you can feel the uh, compassion and the love in it, but also the deep truths never heard uh, mm. uh, words hitting uh, me on such a level. And uh, so I thought this is not only we speak uh, about soul level, but this is, as you said, some divine. And 
I got my names for this uh, authentic voice and, and the broadcast, I'm real. And these gifts, are, if they are given, we really have to trust, isn't it? We, we have to find a way to align and to, ah, uh, yeah, trust it. Yes. Yes, and that's, that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's, it's so interesting. I found, because I've worked with so many people now, this was, um, <clears throat> you know, the, more than 20 years ago. And when, I, when, when someone comes into the work, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, <clears throat> when someone comes into the work, there is um, always that moment where, where we sense where there is openness and where there is trust and where there is fear. And, and sometimes, you know, the, the transmissions often speak about blind trust. And um, in my experience, it is, it is when we're able to trust blindly that we, we have the most extraordinary experiences and make the most, the most gracious strides in our awareness because um, the mind gets out of the way. But it makes a big difference how we approach it. And the interesting thing is, is that we can't, we can't fake it, speaking of being authentic. <laughs> we can't pretend trust. It has to be real. It has to be real. And this is the I'm real. Dot TV. You have, you have to be real. You can, you cannot fake it. And and uh, if you try to fake it and lie to yourself, you you know that you are lying to yourself. Uh, you make it up, and uh, it feels. Mm. You know what? May I interrupt to say that we actually, I believe, we actually don't always know. Sometimes we know, but and that's actually not the tough stuff. Because the stuff that we're aware of, we, we're able, because we're conscious of it and we look at it, we can go, oh, I can work on that piece. It's the parts where we don't know <laughs> that we're not trusting and we're not being real that are the tricky ones. And often, I think that's where the potency lies, because if it's, if, if it's rooted in, um, in a wound, in a, in a karmic wound that is so painful that we actually don't really want to go there, we don't want to give our attention there so we've learned how to not look at it probably for lifetimes that's the challenging piece is to get into that and 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 dare to draw forward a truth out of that and and you know when we are ready we are ready when we are not we are not and whoever invents the the magic tincture that we can take <laughs> to ensure our readiness will be a billionaire because it's it, the whole world needs it. <laughs> no, but this is the, the funny part and it's all, also the honest part. Uh, you decide uh, or your soul or your spirit decides yes. you are ready. And I love this point because it's, um, um, if you're not ready, it's like an unripe fruit. Uh, it, it doesn't taste good. It, it's, it's the right moment has to come and it falls uh, into your life and and then you open up really and you can enjoy the fruit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um i do find that we humans tend to be very stubborn mm. we cling to and this is one of the things that i i i find really fascinating and i one of the joys of working with individuals over a period of time is that certainly north americans we want a quick fix right? <clears throat> we want something, we can go to the seminar, we can have the reading, we can take the course, and then, then everything's going to be fine. And then we're going to meet the right person, and then we're going to have the right job, and then we're going to make enough money, and then we think we're going to have this thing we call happiness, um, um, you know, which is a hallowed <laughs> pursuit, certainly in the West. Um, 
And so the idea of staying with something and going deeper into the realm of what is uncomfortable is not something that's even, that's really understood and, and, and it takes a lot of courage. It takes um, a subtle kind of courage that is not necessarily recognizable or acknowledged. And so I find when I get to work with someone over a period of time and then I get to, to hold space for them as they go through this process and when they first arrive, they'll say, oh, I'm willing, I'm willing, bring it on, I bring it on. But then of course, when we get to the point where that truth is, is, is brought forward, um, it is, and the soul indeed may be willing, but um, we are attached to our suffering. And this was the point <laughs> I was going to, to, to make is that, and, and when we first, I know when I first encountered that idea, I went, I am not, I am so ready to let go of it all. I am all here. I'm on board. But always, always, when we get right down to that core piece, we're super attached to it. We're so used to it. We've lived that way for probably many lifetimes, hundreds and hundreds of years. It's been, it's what we're used to. It's the devil we know. And we all are very attached to the devil we know. And so to me, the courage comes when we say, I'm going to let go of my, my grip <laughs> on my old way of being enough to free fall into something that I may not even know what it is. And that is, I, that courage to me, I respect in an individual more than anything else. Oh, this touches me. Uh, this is really the point I, I uh, felt when I was last year with this question to stay or not to stay. Um, and, and there's a, uh, a moment you can only hand over, uh, surrender, you can uh, fall, uh, allow the falling into whatever the unknown and see uh, where it leads you. And what you said uh, uh, about trust, it's about trusting in the unknown. It's, uh, we think trust is something I go, uh, another master told me, you, you, you think trust is you go in a, a dark room, but you're looking for the switch and, and you make light and then you sure <laughs> you enter. <laughs> no, trust is there is no switch and you go in the dark room and you don't know the next step. If there is a ground, you, uh, you can fall and you, you don't know how big the, the room is. You can't see nothing. There trust uh, started. Uh, That's so beautiful. I love that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> what I often find is people will say, well, I, um, I trust that person or I don't trust that person. And what they mean is, I, I trust that I will not be hurt. Mm. And that's what makes someone trustworthy is that they will behave in a way that will not hurt us, which is understandable, of course. But that's actually not trust. That's mistrust. Trust mm. is when we walk into, just, just as this master you described said, is when we walk in to blindly we walk into what we do not know and how we and we do not know how it will affect us and trust you know it's interesting um, um the book of job in the bible and from the christian context um, um i'm not a christian but I, but I i was fascinated by that book as even as a child as i you know you watch this story where this this poor man <clears throat> suffers over and over and over again. And every time God comes back to him and says, and do you still love me? Mm. And I think that's a, that's a very powerful 
um, metaphysical exercise is, is can we stay in love even when our world is falling apart? And isn't that right where we are now? We're watching everything fall down. And the transmissions have spoken about this for years. They've said, get ready, get ready, clear your fear, clear your fear. It's all coming down. It will all be deconstructed. All the systems, you know, political systems, financial systems, medical systems, um, religious structures, all of these things will, they have to, because we cannot build until we bring down what is old and then, and then we may start anew. So I just, I just love that. And to stay and to stay in trust, even as we watch our old ways that are so comfortable fall down around us. Absolutely. That brings goosebumps to my skin mm. here. And uh, uh, your uh, website, it's called um, World Without Fear. And uh, what, if we look around in the world, what we can find is the fear machine is, is yes. working hardly to self-feel on every corner and, and every morning, every evening. Buy my fear, buy my fear. <laughs> fear it all, fear yourself. Um, Isn't it so? Yeah. And, and in your text, I found this line. And I will ask you, give it back, mirror back to you. Can you imagine a world without fear? So when you're asking me this question, absolutely, I can. I absolutely can. Um, um, and with the caveat, knowing that this is not a world that's going to be handed to us, it is a world that we create from within ourselves. And to me, that we are sitting at a point where what we're witnessing around us are various realities being generated, that we're no longer in, we're not all in the same reality anymore. And, um, and use just, and these, using these words, the English language, the language, language itself is so limiting, but um, meaning that um, when we clear our fear personally from within, it transforms the world that we see without, outside of us. Yes, and I'm sure you've had that experience. You know, if we, if we think of two days, like one day where we get a a terrible email and we're very worried and we go running out the door and we can't find our keys and someone cuts us off in traffic and um and and we forget something important document and you know you notice how when we when we fall into that energy that energetic state it spirals right and we generate more and after someone cuts us off in traffic then we might cut someone else off in traffic and we continue to share and that energy spirals conversely you get a wonderful email you know maybe you've just won the lottery something marvelous happens and then you walk out your door and carry that energy out into the world and you know what happens right suddenly people on the street are smiling at you and you you someone gives you a, a you know a free latte at the starbucks and all that begins to spiral and i i think and i i i think of this as a spiral <clears throat> in the sense that when we go down we're like rumpelstiltskin right and we we spin deep into the mud but when we when we elevate, we start to that 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 central sacred geometrical symbol, we begin to rise up and to spiral up. And as we do so, we create our world. We create our experiences and our experiences um, join in the collective. And then the collective begins to rise. And and 
we are not we are not necessarily seeing the same world that we might have seen five minutes ago and this uh, you know this may seem small this isn't like well are you solving hunger are you solving war are you solving covid you know like and truly yes i believe we are because these large expressions of the shadow on the planet are generated through our collective state presence beliefs and the actions that flow from them so no matter how hard we try to manipulate something externally, if the underlying energetic force and state is still caught in fear, then it will continue to express as such. So as we, and there is a tremendous rising consciousness on the planet right now, Ulrich, I, I really believe that. I don't know if you experience it, but we, we, all, we all anyone talks about is the shadow and that's, you know, it's there, but there's a tremendous tremendous consciousness that is rising as well more so i think than ever in the history of the planet and and as the planet cleanses this consciousness i believe is 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 becoming poised to receive a very new world and it's underway and i think on some days even in the midst of the mess we can feel it is that is that your experience yeah it's it's uh my experience and then there were some keywords in it now I, i'm looking where, where to start uh there's a saying i i think it's a japanese or chinese saying when everyone cleans before his door the world is cleaned <laughs> oh that's so beautiful and oh it, that's so beautiful yeah and it's so easy we don't have to clean the world but everyone can clean the stairway uh, before his house and in his house and and the world is clean so so simple so easy and it uh, brings me to my now i'm here with a friend and we go on and and a year before we wanted to travel the world and it was not possible because of the pandemic uh, mm -hmm. situation and and uh, in the meditation i was asking uh, what to do now in this situation of uh, global awakening and big change and and it's not any longer that i want to tell someone what to do because i don't like someone tells me what to do so it came to this title for the film dear human where are you going and it was a situation we are standing on this um crossroad situation and and i was aware that everyone is asked by uh, this planet now is evolving is arising mm -hmm. everyone is asked to find his or her truth and to decide to choose uh, and we are free to choose uh, so uh, mm -hmm. choose go into fear uh, you like to be uh, in a stable situation or whatever you want to call it or you go with trust in the unknown and in love and everyone is asked now this is my and i think this is such a great moment it is indeed and you know i love the love the direction you're going um if it wasn't so long probably what i would have said as a title for um, um my organization would have been world without fear of fear <laughs> because i believe as long as we were in we are in human body of course we're going to have responses of it on, on every emotional scale but 
when we learn not to be afraid of those impulses as they arise within us, then we can transform them. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the, again, it's the courage to be authentic, to be, to be real with, um, with, with our process and, and in so doing, um, allow a kind of alchemical um, movement that might not have been available to us um, it, it, even just recently. Like I find things are escalating very quickly in terms of that. I mean, if you, if you look back, Rick, if you think back to a time in your life before you were on a path of consciousness, when you were living just in the daily struggle, I think for those of us who, 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 who do this work, if we were to look back, we would never, ever, ever go back. No matter, no matter how bad things get, no matter how dark they become or they seem to be, that the awareness that we have, the capacity to witness, to step aside, I call it creating a bit of a gap between that critical, you know, um, the, the trigger and then the, the higher nature, when we're able to have that witness, which is, which is what the development of consciousness, I think, is all about, it changes everything. And, uh, and the idea that there are so many people on the planet now stepping into this level of awareness is, is just magnificent. I think it, I think I think it, 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 it goes Everyone well. has to, because the situation is like this. Whatever you decide, it's your decision. If you go yes. with fear or love or vaccine or not vaccine or, or no money, money, uh, lying yes. or telling the truth, uh, whatever uh, the awareness is uh, growing, uh, that mm -hmm. uh, the results are coming uh, after your decision and uh, you have to, to deal with the consequences. Uh, so. we're choosing every moment of every day all the time and the consequences are growing out of this and, and yes. this awareness is coming more into life mm -hmm. and then think twice mm -hmm. uh, uh, decide wisely uh, look uh, double what consequences uh, I, I, I wanted to write a book uh, about this in, in German it's Das Entscheidende ist deine Entscheidung the, this, the most deciding or the most important is your decision and the underline says what you choose you will experience and i mean this is uh, awareness there's no guilt there's no if i said he forced me to to this okay you are allowed to be forced in this way and then you experience mm -hmm. i think it comes more to our awareness that we are free creators and now what you want uh, to create. That's it right there. Because to them, we, we begin with the understanding of choice, but really if we use the word create, um, you know, in North America, our indigenous people use the word creator to describe the divine. And I, I firmly believe that we are all um, crystalline fractals of divinity each one of us you know operating in our in our own little experience and so when we begin to recognize that we are choosing and therefore creating in every moment and that in turn means that we are creators that in turn means that we are one with the creator um with all creation with all creation um that alone to me 
even even I feel that in my own body as I followed that that line of thinking um that my any fear dissipates you know there's a there's a sense of of purposefulness in our experience and I cannot imagine living life without that purpose anymore absolutely I agree and isn't it isn't it beauty to to uh, looking back and say, oh, this was, uh, in my case, 10 horrible uh, years, 20 of search, and, and uh, we have done all this uh, to come to a point now to, to be aware and to awake into, oh, this was all for good to learn how to create or what to create, um, because we are creators. Uh, uh, the other day I said, uh, 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 another example a master uh, told me, uh, if you uh, look a little kid and, and uh, a male kid, uh, cat, uh, they make love. What is coming out? Little kitties, a dog and, and, and a female dog. What is coming out? Little dogs. <laughs> yes. So a creator, a divine and the creator uh, uh, male divine, what is coming out? Little creators. And <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> and this is uh, given, uh, as it's said in the Bible, uh, free will. This, uh, I give you, uh, uh, the, you are creators and you have free will. So, again, what we are doing, this world, is it a world of fear or is it a world of love and compassion? It's up <laughs> to everyone it's not if we hand it out to a politician uh, organization or or big tech or whatever uh, then we not got it that we are responsible everyone so what we want to create now exactly exactly and um to pay attention to the reasons that we give away that power the the way because each one of us we do it differently right each one of us has our own wounding our own ways where we collapse in a certain area and we 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 seem to lack the the trust or the strength and and are are affected and and understanding where that comes from i think that's important as well mm -hmm. Yadi, you're doing this core work. Please explain us what it means. And you do it mm. 20 years. Yes. 20 years. And, and uh, uh, so you have a lot of experience how we uh, can overcome these karmic issues. We, we can't see it clear in the beginning, but it's uh, in our bag. We carry it around. It's heavy. And and we are loaded with old stuff, not knowing where it comes from. So yes. please uh, uh, speak about your core experience. Yes, of course. So um, the the core process, um, which is a modality that I, I offer and, and teach, um, evolved out of um, a kind of a marriage between the master alignment work, which I uh, mentioned previously. It's very deeply informed by the master alignment work and also the 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 teachings within the transmissions 
which is the my body of work and um essentially it is it is under it's, it's looking closely at our karmic wounding so as to disarm it so um and we do this through a received um past life story which comes through me or a practitioner um and so it's, it's it's not past life regression it's a very specific story that is given which is um a kind of a template to this present moment in your life so it's it it, it it's a match to help you see more deeply into why you are stuck where you are stuck why you are um why you re repeat the patterns of the wound and we call this patterning and we and we describe this as a fear-based pattern and until that patterning is made conscious it tends to run the show so the parts of us the trauma and the wounds that are living um beneath consciousness are kind of like a a backseat driver they you know they they really have or even more like you know I don't know if they do this in Europe and Canada. Driving instructors have special cars where they have a, they have brakes, and on their side of the car, you know, the passenger side, so they can they actually control the car, not the student driver. Well, that's what our patterns do: is they they will they will put on the brakes even when we think we are intending to move in a certain direction. So there's an this is an energetic process. So it's it's um, probably more parallel to say a plant plant medicine because it's energy medicine rather than you know um a psychoanalytic process or um but it it is um um there's an intensity to it because the attunement that is given um uh, clears that primary fear-based pattern from the dna on a cellular level so uh, it's it's an assist it's an assist and the the guides say this was given at this time on the planet precisely because we are needed like those of us who are saying yes to this level of deep personal work that we are really needed so this is the guides coming in to say you know uh, let's let's help bring you to clarity and let's help move these um uh, these cellular memories uh um, out of your system and out of your field so that you can begin to have um, a different level of function and awareness. And what's really interesting is to watch how these readings, when people have these readings and we work, they're not, they're not standalone readings. We work together in a facilitation process precisely because there's an intensity to it. Um, and to watch the, the unfoldings in individuals' lives after the attunement, and we start to see how it's all theater it's the most amazing thing Ulrich. The, the 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 experiences that are brought up to us to witness to say oh here's your pattern do you see this do you recognize it now it's a little bit like the wizard of oz behind the curtain you know we get to actually see how this is all playing out i call it human human theater um uh being on this this within this matrix on this stage and when we start to have, when we have the template of the story, and it is a story, it's just a story, it's all just a story, but it is the most meaningful story to us because it tells us exactly how and why um, we are experiencing the polarities that we do in this dimension so that we will um, uh, experience those polarities as a catalyst uh, in the creation of the reunion into that 
that alchemical process of coming back into the knowing of our higher nature. So um, it's a uh, it's 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 been very interesting to watch this body of work evolve over the years because um, it's intensified <laughs> as as the times have intensified uh, and uh, and it's been in, immensely valuable because um, honoring as as you say honoring what is real means honoring every aspect of our being that there's nothing outside of divinity and therefore we are invited to observe the, the for example the areas of our lives where we might have um have, have been steeped in shame you know shame is a very very heavy and dark uh, energetic presence it's very toxic and it's so toxic that in in our human psychology we find ways to bury it where we don't even have to know it's there. It's, it's so difficult to feel that we don't even want to experience its presence. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I shared on, on in, in my social media um, a, a public letter, a video version of a letter to um, uh, Pope Francis uh, in relation to the discoveries of these bodies of all of these these buried children in the residential schools in Canada, which is now making world news. And because the immediate response we Canadians had was, oh, we should be ashamed, the shame. Now I'm ashamed to be a Canadian. I was seeing this on my social media. Everybody was saying I'm ashamed of who I am. And it's fascinating because you see, this is exactly how the cycle perpetuates and shame being you know one of the primary tenets of, of catholicism um and 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 the energy that generated the unconscious acts which then generated the tragedy which then generates the shame and and so when we're willing to actually observe the tragedies of our karmic history and we've all had them we've all lived everything We've all lived terrible things, but when we are willing to be with those tragedies, that great darkness, without shaming ourselves, without blame, simply as an observer and being present, and then allowing everything that we feel to emerge and allowing the emotionally linked energetic clearing processes that our body can develop when we give it permission that i call it energetic hygiene when we can start to practice that then then i think and only then do we come to the purity of consciousness that will change these stories you know that will give us a whole other way of being going forward and once we reach that consciousness we never go back we will never we will never go back to the days no, of what no, happened no. to those yeah. children we will never go back. I, I listened to the uh, letter to Pope Francis uh, the, the last night. Uh, it was wonderful. Uh, I want to uh, say to the audience, if you, if you not have uh, heard it, uh, go to YouTube and you will find it on uh, uh, site, uh, Adikanda. Uh, we will write it under uh, the podcast. Sure. Uh, and what what brings to my mind that uh, in in my story I found uh, that to honor this theater 
these dramas, this yes. ugly, uh, yes. oh, this is, this is, in the beginning, it's very hard part uh, to swallow such bitter pills. <laughs> it was it not is. me, it was not me. Yeah? So we blame uh, others. And, and uh, the other day I wrote a line that the church uh, uh, made guilt to a virtue. Uh, uh, made guilt to a virtue you say virtue a virtue made guilt into a virtue yes 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 exactly oh my god it, it yes. hit me directly yes. in my heart in my understanding such a, a twist of uh, uh, truth and uh, this guilt and shame is so deeply in in ourselves that we have to clean it and if it's clean uh, we will never go back. Uh, yes. We experienced this uh, since thousands of years, thousands of lifetimes. And uh, my big mantra in this lifetime, it's no more. It's enough. Yes. This is my personal, the biggest mantra I can found. It's no more, no more. It's enough. Exactly. And the same is true of, of our experiences of victimization. You know, I think that the no more is a, is a very powerful statement. You know, we, we and, and it's tricky because um, there are the, the processes of grieving and going through these stages when we are confronting our own, our own dramas, our own stories, our own tragedies. Um, <clears throat> and there is the stage where it, it is necessary to allow ourselves to experience the rage or experience the despair. But when we are able to have these experiences consciously and recognize that we are actually purging rather than attaching to it and remaining there, this is a very transformative time. And this is what I wish for us as a collective, because right now there's a tremendous amount of blame and shame and um, focus on a sort of a righteous victimization on the planet right now, which is understandable. And those voices do need to be heard, but with awareness that it is leaving rather than staying stuck at that point. Well, well, if we only catch, if we only catch that, that person, that perpetrator, if we can only catch them and make them suffer too, then we're done. <laughs> I mean, that's the basis of our entire Western justice system, right? Yes, and yes. It's, very, it's a very limited consciousness. So we are ready for something new in, in, in this way as well. Yeah, yeah. But I see it coming because yes. what I said, uh, we are more aware of the consequences of this behavior. It leads and us I to no good. It leads us to more pain yes. and more struggle. And we are seeing that the awareness of, for example, the, the American prison system, you know, what it really is. Oh, my goodness. And I have this, I have a, a feeling that our indigenous leaders we are going to return to us. They are going to, they're going to come back and they're going to bring with them their wisdom. And they are, they are much, uh, many, I mean, I, I, there are <laughs> untold numbers of tribes around the planet. So I, it's a vast generalization. But my experience of indigenous wisdom in Canada is that there is a there's a there's a very advanced knowledge of what true justice is and how what true healing is far far beyond what our, our the the current uh, settler practices are uh, in Canada so 
the idea that they that their wisdom will return is is very hopeful one to me yeah i learned a lot from a wonderful woman uh, she was leading a, a cherokee group also from america i think america or, or canada and uh, it was a total understanding of uh, uh, being nature in nature and uh, not being split from spirit, but uh, being spirit in nature. So uh, all this has to heal and it will heal and it will uh, bring us to another understanding. But coming back to, to our beginning, uh, what can everyone do to that we create a world without fear? <laughs> what a wonderful question. Um, well, I think certainly the, 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 the foremost piece is to begin within the self, to recognize that we are not separate from our world, that this awareness that we have, uh, that we are all individual entities is part of the illusion. And so that which we do authentically, truthfully within ourselves, we do for all. And that this principle is actually being magnified in, in my experience at this time. And we really, really can see, see this as a tangible process when we undertake it. So, um, and we, at this, we also don't even know how it will take us there. We don't have to know. We just know that we begin. So for example, when I first began to receive transmissions when that gift was given to me I was genuinely very frightened I was in a lot of fear I was I had a degree in English literature I'd mentored with one of you know the top Canadian novelists I I was published with the top literary publishing house I was going to have a career as a novelist and then all of a sudden this thing happened to me and my writing changed and I thought I, I you know I had to let go of all these ideas about where I was going to go and who I was going to be in order to surrender to something that was a vast unknown and rem who remains an unknown to this day to some extent because I never know where it will take me next. But that choice that I made, and, 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 and there were many challenges in that path, personal challenges, but that choice that I made enabled me to serve so many people in ways that would never have happened. So the ripple effect of that choice for me to say, you know, this is, and it was, it was terrifying to me on a cellular level. Like we, and um, some of the transmissions came in musical form and I would, we would, we would get out to present these offerings and my whole body would go into shock and that would shake because the cellular fear was so deep, but I kept going. And, and, and when I look back, um, it has been an unusual life. <laughs> and, but I, but I, again, I would not trade it for the world because I can see the ripple effects of that choice that I made to walk through that and to step into an unknown and something 20 years ago, there was much less understanding for this kind of esoteric work than there is now. And um, so I would invite all your listeners to feel into um, what, is, what is their voice of authentic divine expression because we all have it absolutely it isn't that oh that person over there has gifts and i am an ordinary earthling mm. <laughs> that is this isn't so we we all have it and what is really interesting is that we can sometimes find those gifts 
by observing where we perceive our greatest weaknesses. The part of ourselves that we think, well, I'm a mess in that arena. How can that possibly help me? So for example, you know, I am very much what I what we call in this work a starborn. So being earthly isn't isn't my strong suit. <laughs> that the simple things that others might find easier, just functioning, you know, dealing with um time and money and appointments and papers and taxes and all of those things that 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 humaning I call it, those humaning things have been challenging for me. But when I dared to ground myself and commit to being human and come into all of those challenges, that actually supported me in trusting my etheric gifts. So the way I often see it, Ulrich, is it's as if there is um, two sides of a coin. And on one side of the coin is our greatest wound. And on the other side of the coin is our greatest gift. And our work here is not to get rid of anything, not to, not to fix or, or eliminate any part of ourselves, but rather to experience alchemy, to, 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 to meld those two sides of us into one being, one expression, um, where we, where by telling the truth about the parts of ourselves that have felt limited and fearful, we in turn fuel the development of the parts of ourselves which hold our gift. And, and one of the things that will immediately happen is we will, we will discover like-minded souls. When we start to tell the truth about ourselves, as you are inviting people to do with your work, um, it's like sending out a signal. <laughs> you know, we 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 energetically we 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 let go of. So some will fall away, some of the old will naturally fall away, and the new will come. And we will call to us others who have been willing to make that leap and stand in that vulnerability and that and that honesty. And these are the most beautiful relationships of all because they exist beyond blame so when we go into triggers when we go into challenge we can be truthful there too we can sit with it and say oh that experience i had in that conversation yesterday was very difficult and it took me to this place where i was and this happened to me and i felt bad and i was full of rage and i don't know and i'm and i released that and now i am back in love with you because i was able to give myself permission for that journey and these are the new conscious relationships. And now we are having conscious collectives that are coming together, groups of individuals who are finding one another and finding common purpose. And that's one of my new projects right now. I call it the meta project, meta meaning beyond the physical. And, and it is a collective of individuals that I've known for years, most of them who have, who have read are deep practitioners of the work. And we are going to create a project together and we don't yet know what it is. We're going to spend months understanding our own processes and our own energetic gifts and then in, and, and then collaborate and I believe this is the way the way of the future and there is no one who is alone so if you feel if you're listening and you feel you are alone in you know you are without support or you do not understand the processes or you're different um, I promise you you are not I promise you that in trusting who you are ask because we must ask, yes, um, because that is our will, that is our that is claiming who we are as a creator. We ask, and 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 the most extraordinary connections can be made. Um, and and in this, in this, as we form these 
energetic collectives around the world, we create physical, tangible change. We maybe, I know many individuals right now are looking at, at buying properties together. I mean, this is not a new idea, the idea of coming into collective in the physical, but I think it's, it's happening in a new way. It's, uh, it's not the communes of the 60s. It is, these are, these are very, you know, um, very intentional in, in, in a very different way and also honoring the individual. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not religious fanaticism. It's simply being present with others who wish to sustain a certain vibration. So, um, yes, I didn't. Does that help? <laughs> Does that give us some ideas? I hope it, I hope it helps everyone who is listening. Uh, uh, it helps me. I see it the same way. We, we will uh, connect. We will cooperate. We will co-produce or co-connect. Uh, Co-co-co. We go communication. We go co-co-co. Uh, um, and uh, team up. And, and the teams are now coming from the heart. It's not like in the 60s, yes. it's not an idea. It's uh, what I feel, the teams are coming from our heart. And uh, I'm doing this now and I'm in this class and, and, and it's all new for me podcast, but it started with the inner voice. Uh, uh, yeah. I was aligned with uh, Maria Magdalena and she said, Ulrich, speak up, speak up, speak up, stand up, speak up. And I was crying for days and saying, I can't, oh. I can't, I can't. What you said, there was the biggest wound, pictures of other lifetimes cutting out the tongue and all these kind of, yes. but overcome it, go out and speak. So I was looking for a way in these times we can, I can talk with you. Isn't it a miracle? You're sitting in Toronto, I'm sitting here. Uh, in the Caribbean Isn't it? Isle. <laughs> and yes. And, and someone will listen. I don't know where, where the listeners are. And, uh, but this is a, a wonderful opportunity to share from the heart and speak up. And everyone uh, is asked, I see it, to clear up your inner uh, healing, uh, your wounds. And, and then we come together and in, in love, we share our mm -hmm. ideas. And uh, I think, oh, we, and sorry, I think Angel. we can go on with this in the next uh, episode. Uh, I'm very uh, open to see what, what's happening on, on your part. Yes, I would love that. That would be lovely. I was just going to say one, and to add on to what you've shared as well, um, in terms of the courage that you've had to confront your fear. One of the things I think we're all noticing right now is, that is a very heightened degree of conflict, even in interpersonal relationships right now, yes? Um, that, that, and we see this on social media, we see that, um, that there are very, very deep triggers. And this is another way that we can contribute to our, our fearless world, which is by witnessing our triggers and not engaging in that sort of um, the passing back and forth, the, the, the ping pong of, of triggered energy. And because when we own our own response, when we own our own trigger and we, and we process that and release that, we also release the other individual. Now they're a creator and they have a choice where they go with it. They may go off looking for someone else <laughs> to provide a trigger. 
but it's a, it's a powerful practice and it's really kind of fun to practice right now because there's no shortage of triggers if you're on social media at all or if you're if you're out in the world if you're communicating you know the the, the divisions that we're experiencing right now are extraordinary but they are there because the image that i always see is that you know you have to if you want to shoot an arrow to travel far you must pull the bow back you must you must extend the bow all the way back and create this extreme tension so that so that the 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 catalyst um, will propel the the truth to travel so we are we are in these times of these extremely tight contrasting energies and so the role each one of us can play is to not buy into that so when we have a trigger, when we're in, when we run up against a conflicted relationship uh, or, or even a discussion, you know, whether it's around vaccines or masks or lockdowns or, you know, whatever is next, we can witness and choose our middle ground. We can choose a place to stand where we do not dishonor ourselves, but neither do we get caught in that cycle of fear, passing the fear back and forth. And it's magical. It's so cool to watch it in action. <laughs> it is magical. And it was a magical hour with you. Adi, wonderful having you here on my podcast, Authentic Voice. It was ah, such a pleasure. And I hope we can go on. Thank you, Ulrich. I love it. It's so fun. So fun to chat with you anytime. So I wish all the listeners, I wish you, uh, Adi, and all... Um, to trust yourself and, and to have the courage to, to make your next step and the way will show uh, in the going. There is no way prepared. This is the old time uh, to, to walk the Autobahn. <laughs> but now we have to make our own way by step by step, trusting going forward in the unknown. So see you next. Bye for now. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Many thanks, Ulrich. Bye-bye.